Hello and welcome to Full Contact Nerd, where we talk about fiction and storytelling in all its forms. From the weird to the fantastic, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, mysteries, anything you can ask for, we have it. I'm Chris Alvarez and thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Chris Alvarez here at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con 2019 with animator Joel Adams. Uh, thank, Hello. Thank you for speaking with me. Thank you. So first, uh, tell me, tell me some of uh, some of the work you're most well known for. I'm most known, I'm well known for my work on King of the Hill. I was the lead character designer for King of the Hill for the first three first three seasons of the show. I've also done the Incredible Hulk animated series. I've done a show called NASCAR Racers. Uh, did some work for uh, some projects over at Deke. Uh, and then outside of that, I've dabbled in comic books. I've done uh, licensing art, everything from uh, Power Rangers to Harry Potter. So uh, I, I'm, I, I'm an all-around industry kind of guy. <laughs> So how did uh, how did you get your start? I assume when you were young, you were into animation and that sort of thing. Well, I, my start's a little different from a lot of art from a lot of other artists because my I come from a family of artists. My dad is Neil Adams, uh, a famous comic book artist, famous for having done Batman, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, X Men stuff like that. So I grew up in a family of artists, and uh, I, it just seemed the natural thing for me to gravitate towards. I uh, went to art college, went to School of Visual Arts in New York, and uh, from from college I moved to Los Angeles, where I started out at Neil's studio, but then it's, at one point I left the studio to go find my own freelance work. I uh, got involved a lot in licensing, uh, which is uh, artwork that would go on products. Uh, and then I got a call one day, there, a studio looking for an artist who knew anatomy really well. So I tried out for it and got the job. It was the Incredible Hulk animated series. And it just kind of took off into animation. <laughs> so um, what do you, as far as animation, what, what are your favorite things to do in the process? What part of it do you love the most? I love when I have the opportunity to just design on my own. Uh, I love adding character to stuff. Like if I'm just drawing... Um, I was what we would say comic book people or commercial people, very pretty people. I don't enjoy that because uh, you've done it a million times. Uh, uh, I like, especially King of the Hill opened this door for me. Uh, they were very much into having people look like real everyday Americans. So, uh, so uh, I, you know, went out, shot reference at the at the county fair of people waiting online for food and stuff. And that became a reference for me to design, you know, for, for me when I would design people for the show. So I got to design people who had character, who looked different, you know. So that, that was the most fun for me. Would you say you're more interested in comedy within animation, or are you more interested in the human side of the characters? Again, thinking of King of the Hill. King of the Hill was, was a lot of both. I mean, it was an incredibly funny show, but it was very human show. It was very everyday life, slice of life stuff. So King of the Hill really had the mix of the two. So, I mean, and I enjoyed the hell out of working on it. So, uh, so I, 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 that, it, was, it was a combination of the two. Because when I designed characters, it was very rare that I designed them to be funny. I designed a character named Jimmy Witcher who ran the concession stand at the racetrack who had a really crazy voice. So I designed him to be funny. But then I des designed other characters to be very real. So, you know, I was designing real people, but what I thought they would look like in a real world. So, when you design the characters, do you also think about 
their voices and their mannerisms, or is it someone else adds to that? Or yeah. you? No, well, actually, we design the characters after they after we hear a table read, so we get to hear the actors read the script. Uh-huh. So I might start some initial sketches when I get the script, but I don't nail anything down until I've heard the voices. Now, King of the Hill, it started out, wasn't it like shorts on something else? Like there was uh, yeah, King of the Hill. Or, King of the Hill was King of the Hill. Uh, people think or, that Hank Hill was Mr. Anderson from Beavis and Somebody. Right. So, but uh, but it truly is a character that, at least from my knowledge, that Mike Judge uh, had been doing had had done it even before the Mr. Anderson from Beavis and Butthead, and uh, you know it's just a character he does. Kind of looks like Hank, like an older Hank. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So, um, what part of the so as far as the animation process with the various projects you've worked on, Hulk, uh, King of the Hill, um, were you just working on the animation or how, how much, what, what was your whole part of the process? I didn't really animate at all. I was a, I was a designer. Oh. Okay. Uh, what I would do is I would design all the, mo- all the characters, all the model sheets, the turnarounds, the mouth movements and stuff like that. So when it would go to the layout department and the animation departments, they knew how to draw the characters from different angles and the different the way the mouth would move and stuff. So I would kind of set that up in the character design uh, for for the animators to follow later. But I was I I did one animation for Paul Abdul's MC Cat video, The Opposites Attract, uh-huh. and I did about two seconds worth of animation. I turned in my job, and when they asked me if I wanted more scenes, I said no. Yeah. I I just I can't draw the same thing over and over again. And then I see my character design is I'm always drawing something new. Once I've designed Hank, yeah. I don't ever have to design Hank again. Hank is designed. I'm just designing new people. So I enjoy that more. So when you were growing up, what were some of your favorite um, comic book characters or animated characters? Um, I was, I guess I was an X-Men person. I grew up, you know, kind of with X-Men 94 into the newer X-Men. Plus my dad had drawn X-Men at one point. Uh, big, so I was a big X-Men person. Uh, for DC, I was always a Batman person. And uh, just heroes in general, I was a huge Tarzan fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you like the old classical Burroughs stuff? I love, I love John Carter of Mars. I love Carson of Venus, uh, Pellucidar, uh, the Mad King, all those. John, I was a big Ed Grace Burroughs fan. Did you... Um have you ever designed those types of characters that maybe haven't been used anywhere or maybe were in something? I think at one point I was I was dabbling with designs for uh, John Carter of Mars because uh-huh. I wanted to design Tharks and the, the other characters and stuff. But I never really... It was just dabbling. Okay. So do you consider yourself something of a, a writer also? Like when you design a character, I guess, do you have a backstory or... Or is it just the images? The stories come. Story, the stories are given to me in the scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's you know I might think in my head, oh, this is what Jimmy Witcher's life was like, but uh, uh, I really don't. I really don't do that for the animation. I have my own projects that I you know that I'm writing, but I don't consider myself the best writer. I tend to be an idea guy, and then I work with a writer to flush to flush it out. Mm-hmm. So, when you're designing a character, is it more instinctual as far as what characteristics you give them or are there sort of set rules that you kind of 
animation rules that exist that you maybe follow? Depending on the show, uh, there are some shows where there are a lot of rules on how on how you know shapes to use and how and and, and what their world looks like. With King of the Hill, there were a lot of rules too. We had what's called a Bible that was like this thick of what you can and couldn't do with the characters. But as far as designing them, so long as I stayed within that Mike Judge style, I had a lot of leeway. Especially since I was trying to create very different looking people, had a lot of leeway with what I would design. But there are other shows. If you're designing something like SpongeBob SquarePants, you're very kind of restricted as to what you can do in there so uh so it's but it's i i i i I'd fudge a lot when i when i when i wanted to yeah are there any particular characters you're especially proud of excuse me how they developed over time um i mean king of the hill i'm uh which, which is funny because when I when I took on King of the Hill, I almost didn't want to take it on because I didn't want to have to draw like that. I didn't, you know, I thought of Mike Judge as Beavis and Butthead and not what was kind of inside of it. And uh, when I took King of the Hill on, I took it on because the scripts were so funny. I said, I've got to do this. And then I learned a lot trying to work like Mike. I mean, not, not to put Mike down, but Mike doesn't draw well. But he genuinely tries. So when he designs characters, there's so much information in every line that he did that I kind of had to retrain my thinking in order to do that. In order to do that job, and I, I think in a lot of ways it made my other work better because I started looking for lines instead of lines that made people pretty. I looked for lines that made them that gave them character. So even when I'm drawing a pretty girl, I'm looking for what what's different about her face from every other pretty girl. Yeah. So, are you also involved in sort of the color schemes of the characters, or is it just there? No, not really. We had a color department that would that would handle that. I was just really responsible for the the line work, the image of the other characters. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about uh, your other projects that you've been working on, either in the past or currently. Uh, well, I, um, I like I said, I did a lot of licensing, which is uh, artwork that would go on packaging. I did uh, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, and I did a bunch of the other ones later on. And I, I mean, they're fun. They're, uh, uh, there's a lot of committee when you do stuff like that. You can almost never get it, something through on a first drawing, but they were a lot of fun to do. Yeah. It's nice to walk into a Walmart and say, I did that T-shirt. Yeah. Um, Dabbling, dabbling in comic books right now, doing covers for some independent companies. I don't have a lot of interest in drawing Batman or Spider-Man for the big companies. I, lo- I like playing with independents because they give me a lot more freedom to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think right now I'm working on a children's book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a, a, a Christmas story that I sort of created for my goddaughter when she was seven years old. I gave it a Christmas card. It's like a four-page Christmas card. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's seen that card now says... This needs to be a book. Oh, wow. So that's kind of what I'm working on now is a children's book. Okay. So you mentioned uh, having to adjust designs based on committee. Like, what, what sort of things are objectionable to, might be objectionable to a committee in a design? Well, in working and licensing, there were little things. If I drew the, if I drew the Power Rangers with fists... They didn't want to see fists because that was too violent for kids. Okay. So they would either be like karate chop hands or they would do this thing with their fingers and stuff like that. So, Or even just a claw, a claw hand I could do. So if they would nix my fist or something, if something looked too violent, they would take it out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
if, if, if you're drawing a female character, the breasts look too big to them. They wanted to take it down. So it was, it was stuff like that. It was, it was little things that kind of tame it and not, not let me go too crazy with it, keep it safe for little kids. And that's a lot of what licensing is. It's, it's, it's designed for little kids. So I'm, I come in out of the comic book world, and, you know, they have to take the aggressiveness out of my work. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Okay, so it sounds like it's more about what the characters... Because I was wondering what the characters look like or what they're doing, and I was wondering if maybe it's... They object to the style, you know, like how sharp your lines are, or, you know, I mean, the curves. There, there is, like, in animation, you'll get a little bit of that because everybody has... Their, like, when you're working with directors, uh, they have they might have their own... They get the same script, they hear the same voice track. They might have their own vision in their head of what they want something to look like. So I'm, as a character designer, my job is to do this, but I still answer to the director. So if a director has something completely different in mind, they might ask for something different. A lot of times what they'll do is, when after we do the, the, the tracks, they might give me notes ahead of time. But there are times, there are some directors that I work with where I would do a design and they would completely cross it out and give a little sketch of what they wanted on the side and I would work from that sketch. Have you ever been in a situation where you were adamant about something in the design that you wanted to keep in that that maybe you either won or lost that battle on King of the Hill not so much uh, on uh, other shows there might there might have been something where uh, in, in maybe designing a robot or designing a or uh, I, I got it. I mean, it was an embarrassing argument, but I got into an argument with a director over. They were somebody was in the cleanup department was changing my anatomy, and I kept thinking it was my cleanup artist. And uh, I kept and I got into an argument and said, "Look, this person is not qualified to change my anatomy." And then I found out it was the director who was changing my anatomy. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and, I mean, he shouldn't have been changing my anatomy, but. <laughs> But at the same time, I was embarrassed because I just told the just told the director he wasn't qualified. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, but I, I mean, I love that whole crew. I love that director. I see him. I see him at, at uh, Los Angeles Comic Cons all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the one of my favorite group of people that I work with on the Incredible Hulk. Cool. So what uh, what do you use to help inspire your work or your ideas? Well, like with King of the Hill, I went out. I mean, King of the Hill was kind of different from a lot of shows. So I went out and I shot, I shot photographs at the, at uh, the LA County Fair, and it was kind of on an instruction from Mike Judge. He said he wanted to see everyday normal people, and his suggestion was take a drawing, take a drawing pad, or a sketchbook, or or, uh, or a camera, and you know look at crowds. And that's what I did. I shot hundreds of pictures of people waiting online for stuff and whenever I had to design uh, characters uh, especially background people that was something I could go to yeah. and uh, you know I'd find some guy in the crowd who was slack jawed skinny with a you know with a big Adam's apple sticking up and a big handlebar mustache yeah. you know and he would become a guy in the background with a little trucker cap on you know yeah. so it, it, that, that, be, that became an area where I would do that a lot so what, what time I'm curious what year was that that you that did? That was ninety-seven to two thousand. I was on that show. So, so it sounds like back in ninety-seven, there's someone who might not have realized that they were the inspiration. There were a lot of people, and there were people on the show who ended up as background characters in, in, in the show. Uh, uh, my friend's dad was always a character to me, so I had him walking through, you know, character that would walk through a background. So, uh, so what's your favorite? Um, 
way of creating art? Is it, is it pencil, or what do you like as far as? Uh, pencil, I work in, I mean, uh, in animation, I work a little more in the blue pencil, red pencil thing, uh, where you sketch with blue pencil, you tighten up in red. But sometimes I still do that today, or I uh, still pencil today, and I'm very much a scribbler, uh, where a lot of people build, you know, circles and squares and build shapes out first. I'm a scribbler. I put a lot of lines down first, and I go in and I find, find the line I want to work with. Have you uh, have you ever designed a series of characters for your own sort of world or project? Is there any theme that you maybe that you've been slowly adding to? There were projects that I created along the way. I've got like thirteen projects that I haven't done anything with, and each one of them I've done a certain amount of character design to, or yeah. did, did some initial pages to. But I, you know, work would get in the way or just take too much time and. Uh, haven't really done anything much with them. That's why the children's book, I'm trying to focus a little more attention on because I don't want to shelve it like I've done my other projects. Yeah. So is the this children's book, does it have more of a, what sort of style does it have? Is it kind of very comic or is it more realistic? Or It's a little more in the comic book style. Uh, I'm, I'm not really good at doing real simple kids kid shapes type of thing. Like, I'm not the guy you would hire to, to, to draw uh, uh, Wee Bear Bears. You know, and stuff like that. I'm just not that guy. I'm not that kind of designer. So it's got a little more of a realism to it, but still funny cartoon. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, that, that's more that's more my style. So what has changed as far as character design and that sort of thing? What has changed over the last few years as far as um, tools that are used and maybe the industry itself? Uh, I think the whole industry has changed. It's uh, there's a lot more digital going on, and a lot less, a lot less hand-drawn pencil on paper. Uh, storyboards are now being done in programs by Toon Boom and SketchUp. Uh, um, a lot more 3D stuff is being done. Like now, a prerequisite to uh, to getting work in that industry is is a knowledge of uh, programs like ZBrush or Mudbox or something like that. Uh, so th- things have changed a lot. Um, and stylistically, things things change. Like even the, where where drawing is is required, I'm finding a lot less drawing, a lot simpler shapes, a lot more uh, a lot lo- lot more steering towards anime and our stuff, which I think is a shame. It's it's you know it has its place, but I don't think it should take over the American market the way it is. Right. Um, I think we have a lot of really talented American art styles that we could still explore for. Stuff like that that um, would be better for our market, but there because I, I think because drawing takes more time, more energy, more money, you're seeing a lot less of it. Like I don't know that we could have done the Incredible Hulk today the way we did it then, because it might have you know might have taken a little longer to do or a little more effort into it. Where now every, everything's done so simply. Find the simplest shape, break it down to the simplest shape. So. Saving costs, basically. Saving costs, yeah. yeah. Is there anything special you have when you do your work? Uh, do you have any kind of music or anything in your surroundings that helps you finish your work? Uh, music, sometimes. I do a lot of audio books, and sometimes I just have the TV on in the background, but not where I can necessarily see it. It'll be off to the side. So if something comes up that I want to see, I can turn my head. But for the most part, it's, it, you know, like... I probably the, the movie uh, Fifth Element I've probably seen a hundred times just because that's a, my, one of my go-to movies when I'm working and I almost never watch it I'm just listening to it every now and then I'll look over at a scene that I like seems like a lot of creative people love that movie um, I, I, I enjoyed the movie it was, it was it was a lot of fun it was done really well it was fun um, and 
and uh, yeah, it was it, it was the same when the movie Valerian came out that it was a disappointment. And I mean, there were a lot of things that were just visually beautiful about that show, going into the alien worlds and stuff like that. But as a whole, and as and then casting, it was kind of a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard Fifth Element fans say the same exact thing you just yeah. you just said. Yeah, no, it's especially the hero in that. The hero is not. They, you know, they, they picked a kid who played the Green Goblin in that Spider-Man movie, and uh, he's a Weasley-looking character and not a hero. Yeah. So and that 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 part really called for a hero, a, a heroic-looking hero, and he just wasn't it. And uh, I, I think that kind of killed a lot of the vibe for it. Like there's no chemistry between between the two characters. So that so as a character designer, when you see actual people in movies, do you ever find yourself thinking that way? Like, oh, that they needed a character who had more of such and such look or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you have an idea what you want a character to look like, and and when you're not getting it, it it it, it, it bugs you. Like up until, which is really weird because I'm not a big Ben Affleck fan, but up until Ben Affleck, I haven't liked really the castings for Batman. Yeah. Uh, um, so, and they they never felt right. Michael Keaton was never a Batman. He was never Bruce Wayne. George Clooney might have been Bruce Wayne, but he was never a Batman. Val Kilmer was never either. So it's like a, those movies, you know, just never did. Uh, Jack Nicholson was never the Joker. You know, it, 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 it was a maybe a bad take on the Cesar Romero Joker, but still not the Joker. So when so when they're not getting it right to me as far as actors, like can the actor do that character? Uh, it, that bugs me. Uh, there have been surprises along the way. Like when I heard Chris Evans was going to be Captain America, I was like, Chris Evans, really? The Fantastic Four, uh, Human Torch guy? The uh, you know, I'm trying to think of movies that I had seen him, and I, I wasn't. He, to me, he never was Captain America. But then he did Captain America and was brilliant at it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think they'll cast anybody else to do it better than they, they may. Yeah. Uh, but the, all, of, all the Marvel casting has been great, in my opinion. And things that I might not have liked when I heard, yeah. when I finally saw it on the screen, I liked like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. It, it, she didn't seem right, but she was perfect when I saw her. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, and it, 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 the, with the uh, with the DC, it was up until these new movies. Uh, like I loved, uh, I, I ended up loving Affleck as uh, as Batman. I loved, uh, I'll never remember his name, but I loved the Superman guy. Yeah. I think he was just just the perfect pick for that. Yeah. And a lot of people disagreed when they announced it. I knew she was going to be great. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman yeah. was perfect. Yeah. I mean, she's not she's not she's not your Linda Carter Wonder Woman, yeah. but she was. She was the Wonder Woman of like the Brian Bolands and the guys who were drawing the comic books. Yeah. You know, she didn't have to have huge breasts, um, assets. Assets. Uh, you know, and she looked. She she's a little on the skinny side, but they they did. She was able. She handled the action really well, and uh, and she just looked right. So yeah. I've loved. Her. I don't know if I'm a fan of the Flash guy yet, though. Oh. He's 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 not he's not what I expect for for the for the Flash character, but we'll see what they do with him. Yeah. So, kind of a whimsical question, but when you were a kid, was there any superpower or advanced technology you wish you had? You know, you always think about it, it's like, ooh, did I want to fly? Did I want superhuman strength? Uh, it, it, it's you know, you go 
Yeah, they they would be cool. Uh, I always I I, I, I created a character that was based on my own thoughts as a kid. Once of a character who he would heal people, right? or but he could also inflict at the same time. Like he almost had to. It's like he, he the more he healed somebody, he couldn't keep that all in, so he had to inflict it somewhere. So it, so it, it it would have it would it would it would cause him to think twice about how much he would heal somebody because he knew that he had to do something with the negative end of it. And uh, you know that was that, that was sounding kind of cool to me. So, but I think that's a little too Christ-like too, right? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's superheroes like that. Yeah, there are. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think flying would be cool, especially when you're in traffic jams in Los Angeles trying to get somewhere. Yeah. So God, if I could just step out of this car and just go up there. It's <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so where can people find you online or social media? Uh, I've got uh, joeladamsart.com, which is currently under construction right now, but we're just about done with it. Uh, uh, I've got a, one of my own brands, whose character is called Lils, the big-eyed, uh, big-eyed girls uh, at lils.net. Um, but I'd say Joel Adams Art will be the main hub for my stuff. Okay. And just to make sure we have the spelling right, it's J-O-E-L. J-O-E-L-A-D-A-M-S uh, Art, A-R-T. Dot, oh, .com. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, that's all the questions I have. Any final thoughts or words? Uh, just uh, I, I think everyone should take a take a look at what I what I do, but also get out to comic cons. You know, these the, these comic cons are so great. The the, the the diversity of stuff that people are bringing. If you haven't been to one, come to one. Uh, to, even if you just do it once. You know, just to see what there is. It's, and it's not just comic books. There's toys, there's games, there's movies, there's there's everything. It's this, this is the, the, I, I do this just about every weekend now. Yeah. I'm in a different state doing this, and there's so much fun. Yeah. And there are times I wish I wasn't behind the booth but out looking at stuff. Yeah. So I just tell come out to a Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah, they are <laughs> fun. There's, and you get to meet so many people, creators and fans and yeah. all that. And you find out we're all human, even when you meet the actors you think oh they're going to be snobs or no no they're human they, they'll talk to you there's some uh, John Barrowman from the Arrow series uh, greatest guy and I've seen his reaction how, how he reacts to fans and he loves it he's so he's so in love with the fact that people like him that I've seen him like if you go to if you, if you catch him somewhere and you want to take a self, selfie with him he'll take your camera throw his arm around you because he knows his angle yeah. and then he'll take the picture himself for you <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so uh, they're, they're great they're great places to be they're wonderful people people who put on the shows people at the shows people who come to the shows yeah it's great yeah I agree well thank you thank you thank you for listening if you like this podcast full contact nerd please subscribe to it and rate it and review it if possible I have many other options to geek out on sci-fi fantasy and horror whether you prefer books movies TV video games anime or whatever you choose You can find links to interesting videos on my Facebook page, Full Contact Nerd. You can find links to interesting news articles and academic studies on my Twitter page, Full Contact Nerd. You can find cosplay model and convention photos on my Instagram page, Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. You can find my interview videos on my YouTube page, Full Contact Nerd. You can also sign up for my newsletter at chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. In the newsletter, I post additional video and news links, as well as regular updates on new, nerd-friendly, 
fiction and nonfiction books being published. Please remember, my name Chris does not have an H. C-R-I-S. Thank you for listening and keep imagining the past, the present, and the future.